What is going on, guys, and welcome back to the STL Tones podcast. Today, I am joined by none other than Colin Britton. Uh, we're talking producer, songwriter, and I think everything underneath and above. So, Colin, what's going on, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me on, man. No, thanks for taking the time, man. You guys are the busy one these days, so we, you know, really appreciate you guys sitting down and talking to us. Um, how have you been? I mean, I have to ask everybody this. I feel like it's obligatory at this point, but how have you been doing during these crazy changing times? Are you the type of person that kind of dives into work or are you like me and did it make you twice as lazy? Um, it was twice as hard into work probably. Well, I feel like I've been really lucky. You know, I know that uh, this has been hard on everybody, obviously. Um, but I've been really lucky because my family is really supportive of what I do. Um, my wife, I have a new daughter, so that's been interesting. Congratulations! Because I got to thanks, but I've been been able to like you know be I, we we built a studio out in my house in Los Angeles, like outside of my house. So um, that's kind of the first thing that we did when the pandemic hit. Was I was at another studio and we were working on this one, but I basically just kind of like hit the light speed button on the construction, and I was just like, let's go, let's go, let's finish it. So we finished it, and so within a couple months, I, I moved over here, and I've been able to like stay on my property and and. LA and it's been like you know it's private and so like <clears throat> there's not people walking through all the time so it was a lot safer for artists to come so I've been actually pretty busy and I'm really lucky for that and I know a lot of my friends are as well pretty busy because a lot of touring artists aren't touring anymore so they're just like let's make some music so um you know as safely as we could can do that you know we've right. been doing that this year Awesome. So did you find yourself just being able to stay home and have more people come to you? Or were you at any point being sent out to go produce somewhere else or having to go and kind of uh, travel? <clears throat> I've stayed in LA um, pretty much the whole time, um, actually the entire time. And uh, so th it's it's limited, like the amount of, of like random traffic that I get through here, you know, like normal times, there's meetings all the time. There's people rolling through that that we that I've never met before that come through that, that and all of that sort of came to a halt. But um, the bands like Papa Roach, for example, I'm I'm finishing up their album. We started in September or something like that, working on their late August, working on that album. We're just now wrapping that up. So you know, records have been taking longer to to make because the time frame has been stretched out a little bit. Gotcha. And uh, I've been working more like intensely with the artists that i have relationships with already that i know are safe you know or they'll go get tested before they come in here you know and looks like things are kind of starting to open up a little bit though with the vaccine rolling out and you know so yeah it looks like it it's looking pretty positive i think it's, it's looking like it's going to be a different landscape here going towards the end of the year um we'll get into and obviously we're here to promote uh some really cool stuff that you have coming out with STL Tones very, very soon. And we'll get to that in a second. But one of the things I'm personally, I mean, this is a selfish thing. I'm personally, because Data Remember is one of my favorite bands and they have been for a long time. March 5th, uh, marked the release of uh, their new record. And right underneath there is your name in bold letters as producer. So what was it like working with them? And and essentially, what was it really like working with a band that's really been most like more known for that, hitting that mark between hardcore, you know, like really metalcore and you know, pop punk essentially kind of melding in it too. What was it like working with them? I mean, they're just some of the greatest guys that I know and um, the energy <clears throat> with all of them and, you know, Jeremy at the helm. Um, he's really like the creative, like, you know, I'd say visionary as far as the, the songwriting and recording goes. Um, they're just such a, a fun group of guys and they, they've got just such a lighthearted attitude about everything and, 
they don't take themselves too seriously. And the funny thing is, is like I wasn't a huge Day to Remember fan before I got into it. Not that I wasn't a Day to Remember fan. It was just that I, I wasn't like super familiar with like their entire catalog. And mm -hmm. I told Jeremy that and he was just like, perfect. You're the guy for me then because I don't want somebody who does this stuff normally. I want to do something that's different. I want to, these are the songs. And he showed me this huge, you know, Dropbox link full of demos that he had made with various different producers. A lot of them who I know who are out here in LA or in New York or whatever. And um, just some really great songs. And they didn't really sound anything like, you know, what I picture today to remember sounding like, you know, cause like, when uh, the downfall of this all was like kind of when I think of the yeah. day, I remember, like that's the one. And so I, I was like kind of expecting that and it was just like something completely different. And then the first day that he came through, cause like it started like a lot of the albums I produced, it started as a, it didn't start off them just calling me be like, do you want to produce our whole album? It was, it was like, he was out here on a writing trip and uh, his A&R person, Steve-O Robertson, who's like a really good friend of mine. And he mm -hmm. called me up and he said, Hey, you want to do a session with, with the day do and i was like yeah of course you know so he comes by and um the first thing jeremy's like he goes okay i know what you're thinking i don't want to do what you're thinking like <laughs> what you think that i want to do i don't want to do that and so i was like okay cool so i was like well i have this other idea that is kind of started it's like a guitar heavy like post malone riff that i started on a piano mm. and uh he was like i love that and i was like oh shit, okay and then one thing turned into another and then um, we did a bunch of those and then I flew to Florida and then we just hit it off with the rest of the guys and it became this thing. So it's like an ever, ever evolving door of just me in and out, kind of getting to know the guys and everything and dating for a while, if you will, um, before right. you know, do the full record. And so, you know, this record came out and I know that there was a lot of like loud metalheads that were really angry about it, uh, about right. it not being like you know, chuggy breakdown stuff, uh, a lot of that. But there, there's a lot, there's a fair dose of that on there actually, but. Yeah, I, I listened to a lot of it. You know, it's 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 a it's a really deep record as far as like the creative, the soundscapes go. Jeremy was really adamant about breaking out and doing what Bring Me kind of has done in, in their own way. Like Bring Me Horizon sort of did the same idea where they broke out of that metalcore lane and started doing more pop music and they're the biggest band in the world right now just just about you know what i mean so like i think jeremy was like you know we've done that we know how to do that this is part of our sound we're not abandoning that we just want to expand our horizons to to you know do our version of what's next for me creatively and that's what we did on this record and we went full bore into it and i think that a lot of people got caught off guard by it and i was just like you know what that's fine you guys can blame me you know like, I don't yeah. need the affirmation from everybody, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, so I, 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 like, I think on. it, it might have, it might have, yeah, exactly. It, that way we can just blame it on you and it's mm -hmm. much easier than blaming it on the band that we love so much. Me, but I, tell but I, 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 I legitimately tell bands when I go in the same thing with all time low a couple of years ago, I remember just like, like guys, if you want like this, the, the straight ahead thing that you're known for, you should just go do what the, what that is. But I was like, right. if you come to me, like I'm, I'm, I'm a weirdo. Like I think about things in a different way and sometimes it's, it works. Sometimes it doesn't, but I'm going right. to give you like the off the wall suggestion to try to push everybody out of their comfort zone uh -huh. and then see where we end up. And a lot of bands that doesn't work for, and I tell every band that by the way, but like a lot of bands that doesn't work for, but you know, I I've been fortunate enough to, in my career to have been associated with some really talented artists who've been able to take 
what few suggestions I have and be able to take them in their own way and make something completely different that's challenging for their audience. And that's really what we're seeing with the day. Remember, I think is like a lot of people like it, but then there's a lot of people who are hating it. And so it's very polarizing for people, which is fun for right. me. I like that. <laughs> you know? the controversy never hurt any record as far as I've, as far as I can remember. Yeah. So, um, all right, but uh, which is awesome, by the way. I loved hearing that story. Like I said, I'm a huge Data Remember fan, so that's really, really cool that I get to talk to somebody now that's involved in that. Uh, but moving on to this preset pack that you have coming out, explain that to me. How'd that go? What kind of tones can we expect from that? Sunny, True Love hit me up about, man, this has been like, seriously, this has been an ongoing like relationship between me and Sunny and now James um, over there at STL for like, I'd say, this the better part of 18 months year and a half almost two years now um when he first reached out to me i was just like yes i would love to do this but if i'm gonna do it i want to make sure that it's like really really fucking good right you know like all the way can i say fucking on here i don't even know yep oh, probably not all right oh you're good so i want i wanted it to be really good and i wanted it to be something different because i've been using the stl tone hub thing for you know, over two years, my friend Zach Savini has got a pack out that was out last year. And um, I personally think that it's the best guitar plugin that's on the market right now. And I noticed that a lot of their preset pack, and it's very useful for me. I use it all, literally all the time. In fact, uh, the Data Remember song, um, Viva La Mexico, if you really? listen to that record, the chorus heavy guitar tones are, I think half of them are STL tone hub tones. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's really that's really cool. Yeah, because we we were we were recording in their dressing room on tour, and we had already made the record, but we were doing some touch ups. And I was, Neil was like, "Man, this you know, wish this guitar tone could sound a little different. It's a little honky right now." I was like, "All right, well, what about? Look, we didn't have amps. We were in a dressing room, so I was like, well, what about right. this thing?'" They were like, "That's dope." And so you know, it's super useful. So I but I, I wanted to make sure that that it was something that like really could be different that's not the same as as all the other presets that are in there right now i wanted to have really a unique thing and so it took a while because i don't really have a lot of time to just sit down and mess with guitar tones it's it's always i'm working on a project for an artist so it took me a long time to finally like be able to go through all my albums and pick the right ones and you know send them over and, and get that worked out but they did such an amazing job it's like the technology whatever you guys are using over there is just some magic sauce i don't know uh, I wish it had something to do with me and I could take any credit whatsoever with what they're what they're doing over there But I agree with you. It's absolutely amazing. I get to No, uh, you can take credit for it and I would not know the difference <laughs> Unfortunately, everybody watching is gonna know for a fact that I don't because I make all the I make all the actual tone videos For it and so I'll sit down here with a guitar and just kind of make a video playing stuff yeah. Like and then it gets released with it the day it comes out so people have an idea of how to use it and uh, yeah, when they listen to me talk for like at least like 10, 12 minutes, they know I'm not the guy actually doing the signal processing gotcha, okay. for sure. <laughs> but but uh, no, but yeah, I, I agree with you 100%, man. And I think there's this big mis... I'm glad you said that about it being part, you know, on the album because there's a, a little bit of a misconception out there that these are being made by artists and being made by producers like you, but they're not actually being used on albums. They're just for people who want to make demos at home and you guys are using real amps and, and huge studios and multi, you know, multi-million dollar you know, it's worth of equipment to come up with stuff like that. And the reality is I've talked to a lot of people and they're like, no, it's on the album. It's, it's, it's there. We, we actually use it, mm -hmm. uh, you know, when it's needed and it's Why not? needed sometimes because it's, yeah, because the studio, it's good. It's that it's good. Really good. That's really what it is. It's that good. It's, um, 
you know, there's like this whole conversation about like digital versus analog. Right. And I, I think that there's a place for both of those things. And there, there is something to, to be said about like recording something in and it hitting your converters and like hearing that back. But I'm just not sure if that really matters enough to like have it, you know, like we've, right. we've put up, I mean, my engineer the other day, he was like, you got to check this out. So I used one of those tones off of this band called Teenage Bead Distortion. I was like, how are we going to, I don't know how this is going to work. And he AB'd the song in the mix with the, the two main guitars and he flipped right. them back and I literally blind tested and I couldn't tell the difference. Right. It's almost indistinguishable at the end of the day. It was completely it's... indistinguishable. You know? Right. So I was just like, well, shit. I mean, they've, they've done it. They actually have done it. So. Right. Yeah, I, had, I think I had I th a giant smile on my face when I was trying it out. For the first time. <laughs> Yeah. I bet it, it, get, it does that. I've seen it and it happens to a lot of people when, when they first start listening to it and they start playing through it. They kind of look over and they're like, what? Like, is that actually yeah. happening right now? Is this a plugin? Because if you I don't know if you remember when plugins actually came out, we had like Amplitude, I think, mm -hmm. in the very beginning. And uh, and there was another oh, yeah. I can't remember what, what, what it was. It was some weird. Guitar name. Rig. Yeah. Well, Guitar Rig was there. Guitar Rig was actually one of the ones that was getting better first. And yeah, I um, agree. But I remember when Amplitude was there and it was all that we had. And so. It's a god, it sounded like garbage. But I remember when I had it though, I thought it sounded amazing, which is funny because if you actually look at tone that like me as a growing up as a metal guitar player, rock guitar player back then, I thought it sounded like money, dude. I was like, oh, this is so good. This sounds awesome. And now I listen back to it. Like I, I'll listen to tone that I like a year ago and I'll be like, God, that was such garbage tone. What was I thinking? Yeah. But um, but yeah, we've come basically we've come such a long way Super to the far. point. So you just can't even tell the difference anymore. When you plug in, you play, the response is almost exactly the same. Yep. Uh, so we're getting we're getting pretty, pretty darn good. Um, what kind of, uh, so what kind of breakdowns of tones can we expect from you? What, were you going for like the whole thing with this preset pack of everything you would use yeah. in the studio or did you, were you trying to hone in on a certain genre? You know, I think um, I was trying to get, like Will Putney was actually the one who, who called me about this first. He introduced me to Sonny. And um, and it was while we were working together on a day to remember he did um, he produced a song called uh, Last Chance to Dance and it was like a really heavy song and I remember I'm I'm a big fan of Will Putney I think he just he's in in his lane of what he does I mean he just won a Grammy by the as, way as am I yeah I'm a huge fan um, it, it just what he for what he does he is literally the best that there is like right. I've just his tones are incredible so I've always really admired his work and he called me one day he's like dude would you be interested in doing this preset pack thing and I, w I started scrolling through a lot of the presets, um, not his necessarily, but just like other people's presets and stuff. And I noticed that there was a, a, a lot of like one thing. Um, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a fair bit of diversity I know that you guys have now, but there was, there was a lot of like, you know, metalcore stuff, a lot of like 5150 stuff. So I, on this pack, I intentionally was like, I would like to give people something that's not only useful for guitars, but stuff that you, cause I use guitar amps on like synths and I use them on vocals and I use them on like a lot of different stuff. So I wanted that's to give great. people something that they could use, like kind of not just on guitar parts. And then with the guitar parts, I wanted them to be able to use it on like, you know, more indie sounding stuff, more pop stuff, not just like, you know, cause I mean, you guys have got so many great, like heavy amps already like will putney's amp right. thing i use that more than like his amp tones specifically in his preset pack i use more than almost anything in fact 
I'm pretty sure that that's what was on Viva La Mexico was his Amptons. Oh, was it really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like they're so I'm good. And, so, and it's just like, if I, well, I already have like Will Button used to, I already have like the really heavy distorted stuff that's incredible. So like, I don't need to make my own. Why would anybody right. need that? They already have that. So I went a little bit more grunge, a little bit more like, we've definitely got some like rock presets. There's a couple metal presets in there, but I'd say it's mostly like indie to pop. So like heavy rock to grunge mm. in that sort of space. And then like production tones too, like stuff that could, I try to do like a bunch of like, um, you know, effects presets and stuff like on, there's a couple, there's one in there that's like this really deep, tremolo like people will pull that up and be like why the hell are we going to use that for but if the, the few people who find a use for it were like oh man we can put that on background vocals and put a reverb after it and that sounds amazing you know right 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 thing. so i try to get a little bit more creative with it and not just be like standard just here's your here's your diesel guitar head you know right 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 so there, no, there's a I lot totally of stuff. I'm, i have a feeling just like everything i do i tend to like kind of bend the rules a little bit I have a few, and just like we were talking about with the data remember record, there's going to be a little bit of pushback. There's probably going to be some people who are going to open that up and go, "Why the, why the f did I buy this? This is not, this is not this what I expected." But if you're if you're creative, like I'm sure you'll find a use for it because it's it's really interesting stuff to me. I think it's cool. well. I, I get the I get the awesome pleasure of opening it up and then showing it to everybody. And with a guitar by itself, by the way, there's no context to anything that's going to yeah, be right. in that pack. So I get the daunting task of taking that and being like, "This is how uh, this is how you could use that." But I think that's uh, that's always going to be the difference between people that are uh, using it as something that's creative in a mix context, as opposed to people who are really looking for a glorified practice amp. Because I think that's been the big line that's been dividing people when it comes to these types of plugins. Is yeah, of course, you know, a producer like yourself and other famous producers are going to be using this in the studio, and that's it's a tool for them as to where a lot of guys that are listening to this stuff online as they watch the demos and what they're looking for, they're looking for a glorified practice amp that they can plug into and it sounds really cool and you get that cool interface and it pops up and it looks, you know, dope and and that's really what they want. So, well, you, you know, know listen you can to use that for that. I mean, this this yeah, right. great this this is a great practice amp. Like it's going to sound like a really crazy practice amp. I think. No, definitely. And I believe that I just but as far as the tones that you're talking about that are like going to push the boundaries a little bit, those yeah. are the ones that would make most sense when you're like creating something overall, right? You have like a, from a composition aspect. Yeah, but but I think that like creating something for a record and just sitting there playing a riff that you're writing or maybe you're, you know, practicing or, or whatever, like all of it's the same. It's all inspiration, right? So like if you're right. sitting here in your room and you're on your laptop and, you know, it's just in some somebody in his bedroom or her bedroom or whatever, messing around with amp tones and they're just learning to play Green Day songs or whatever it might be. And they right. pull up one of my presets I mean, they might be like, whoa, that sounds crazy. Like, that's different than I expected. But I like how it responds to the guitar, and I like how it makes me feel. And right. so, and to me, there's no difference between that and somebody who's making a, you know, Grammy-nominated album pulling up my preset pack and being like, oh, that inspires this idea. It's the same thing. It's, it's all the same feeling. It all just, it's just where does it end up, you know? Right. It might push somebody to, I'm hoping on any level, and this goes with the, not just STL. This is just like in my career in general, like sort of one of my goals is like to make as many people feel the joy of music and inspiration of art that, that I felt when I was a kid and, and still feel, you know, like I just feel like that was such a positive influence in my life and I just want to share that. So definitely you know. super cool, man. I'm, I'm really excited about that pack. I can't wait for it to come out so I can see all these tones that you're talking about. Um, when you, like when you're approaching something, let's say you're just sitting in a room and I'm going to write a song, right? You're not working for a band. You're just going to make just the song. 
Uh, okay. Where do you where do you approach this from? Do you approach this like guitar minded vocals? Is that what like where where do you really run into the you know gate first? I mean, like you know, I can just show you. Sure. I guess I guess it's like you know, I saw John Mayer do something like this one time, and it was really interesting. And this is kind of how it works: you pick up whatever instrument compels you to pick it up, and then you find a chord. I feel like this chord today. There's a TV on the wall. It's black and there's nothing going out of it into my mind. I don't know what to sing about, just like the TV on the wall. You just sing in some shit, and and right. if you met, and it's like a sort of form of meditation. So then TV on the wall. All right, it's black. There's nothing coming out of it. That makes me feel numb. Whatever. I don't know. You could literally just pull inspiration from anywhere. That was a terrible example. I just. And I think it was, oh, it was a great example. Sir. You know sure what I mean? Like, agree, you, you do, I guess my point is, is like, I don't, I really try to like tap into the source. It, John uh -huh. Mayer said it's like a Ouija board and it's kind of what it is. It's like meditating. If you just like, you know, if there's not an artist in here, who's got a preconceived like thing that they want to write about and you're just trying to find something to write about and there's no starting point. Mm -hmm. Literally, it's just, I'm a melodies guy. I'm not always like the best con lyrical concept person because I've, I've, you know, limit my brain. That's not saying that I don't do that, but because I've had a lot of concepts that I've thought of actually, like um, that song looks like hell on a day to remember album. That was one that I thought of because I walked outside one day and I saw the fires were burning here in LA and like, the sun was like this little bead coming through this like apocalyptic looking and right, I was like, it looks yeah. like hell out here. And then I brought that up to Jeremy, and he's like, that's a great song, song title. Like, we should do that. So, lyrics aren't always my first thing that I think about, um, but melodies and like chords and structures and stuff like that. I literally just pick up a guitar or a piano or drums, even sometimes, and just like hear it. Mm -hmm. And you just don't think about it. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of pours in. And the more you do that, the easier that that sort of comes. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, that's the best way I can explain it. <laughs> cool. No, definitely, man. That's so obviously, obviously you've worked with a lot of um, really cool people. Uh, where were you along your career when you kind of looked around and you're like, oh man, like I'm, I'm here. Like this is, I'm actually doing this right now. Like what, did you ever have that moment where you're ever in the room with just like a certain person and you were like, this is, I'm actually doing this. Like, uh, I mean, I've had a ton of those moments like throughout my career. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was before, you know, honestly, like before I'd even started like producing at any kind of level, really, you know, my band, we got a record deal. I remember that was crazy, you know, going to LA for the first time, you know, going to Europe for the first time, going to like, you know, playing like Warp Tour back in 2012. Right. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's all been a blur for me. Like, it seems right. like it's taken forever and also like it's happened in a flash. And I, I know that's how it goes. So I, there's probably like the coolest moment of my career was so far, if, if, or at least not even the coolest moment, but like one of the standout moments was uh, this band One OK Rock, who I work with, um, who I've worked with on a bunch of records. Um, they took me, to, they flew me to Japan one time um, just as like a thank you for you know, I've been to Japan a bunch to work with those guys, but they were just like, come over and, and check out our tour, you know, just to say thank you for, for helping them out on this record. And so they, they had me play on stage a couple nights with them. And it was for like 30,000 people. 
and that was wild that was probably the wildest thing i've ever done it was just like i've never experienced that level of like you know because it's like you you play you you do all this music and you put it out and it's like you give your entire physical body and soul into this this art form and you really pay for it physically you know my back hurts whatever like it's it's not healthy and then um you see the energy coming back at you for the songs you wrote you know and they come and it comes back at you in full like in 20,000 of them just like screaming at you and it's just like fuck like this is crazy so that was that's like little bits like that are, are really important for me to i think keep going and that's why a lot of times i'll go you know out on tour with bands that i'm producing or working with like a day to remember like papa roach for example you know like i go out and and um join them on the road for a little bit and you know write songs and stuff and it's just get to see the show get to see the reaction and get to see fans like really physically engaging with the music that you've conceived is i think important for me that's that's you know? that's really cool that's really cool to be able to participate in the experience of not only producing the record and being in the room and kind of you know obviously being part of that process but being able to go out and like the band members would experience what it's like watching everybody receive that vibe that you yeah. get down you know that's really yeah cool. and i mean I'd even if you're not yeah, it's like even if you're not like playing on stage, like if you're just standing on the side of the stage and, you know, watching these people crowd surf and just like totally lose their minds to this music and you're like, oh, I had a part of this and this is this is what I'm here for. So I just let you know you're on the right track, that's all. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's it's interesting to see that different take on that because you see somebody like Will Putney who has fit for an autopsy, which is an amazing like metal band. I'm like, you know, obsessed with that band, but they go out on tour and they got another guitar player because Will Putney stays back and he, and he right. doesn't. You know what I mean? So yep. and then you have you who's not in the band, but you're like, yep, I'm coming too. <laughs> I don't blame Will Putney for that. I mean, I, I toured for a long time and, and in on small tours with my band, you know, before I moved to LA and um, it's a grind. So I have a band that I started with my friend Elijah called American Teeth, um, mm-hmm. and we we just signed with Fearless last year. And uh, awesome. you know, so I'll play shows with him from time to time. It's just the two of us. Like I'll do all the music, okay. and he does all the vocals, and it's like we kind of, you know, it's just the duo. So we've got a really great drummer, and um, I've played like a couple shows with them. But like when it comes to tour time, like actually going on the road for months at a time, like I probably won't be doing that. I'll probably, we'll probably have to hire somebody because, so I don't blame Will for that. You know, (laughs) the studio is where I'm the most useful, I think. Gotcha. Gotcha. Throughout your career, obviously just like any other musician, whether you play guitar, whether you sing, or you're just a songwriter, uh, you tend to start doing those things differently as you get older. You have a different view of the world, you know, kids come into play, you know, marriage, things like that will always start changing how you just, I guess, essentially emotionally perceive everything. Have you found that you produce differently uh, now as opposed to when you started your career? Has it really turned into something different or do you just keep the same approach? I mean, I think it's everybody approaches stuff differently as you as you grow. Like, I, I wouldn't say that there's any like one thing that's really changed, changed how, I mean, I haven't like, I, I wouldn't say like having a family or like having, you know, getting married or anything like that or having my daughter has really changed anything creatively for me on how I approach bands. I mean, other than to say I've, I've been, as I've done this more and more, it's just like developing relationships. I'm probably easier to, I, I read people easier and I, I can kind of pick up on what they're expecting maybe a little bit easier. Um, but as far as my approach, my approach is not, is entirely supportive of the artist 
like always. And that's, that's kind of been my MO from day one. And I know a lot of producers who, who've got like their thing that they do, but I, I really try to keep myself super open. So that's why I'll get, I, you know, I get approached by bands sometimes who are, you know, maybe smaller bands who don't really know what they're doing. And, and they, they're like, you know, well, we would love to work with you. And I'm like, all right, well, what are you guys trying to do? And they're like, we don't know. We, do you have any ideas? And I'm like, no, (laughs) you know, I'm only as good as the band is. And, uh, and I want to maintain, and I want to maintain that, (laughs) you know what I mean? I don't want to, I don't want to try to make it about me and, and my, what my vision is because I'm a supporting role. I feel like. Right. Definitely. I completely understand that. Um, how experimental are you as far as like effects go uh, when you're, let's say just guitar, are you the type of person who's just going to like think about that effect, go and try and find, you know, different pedals, things like that experiment. So you kind of get the right vibe that you're thinking in your head, or do you just have like a go-to set uh, of stuff in the studio that you will just use only to find the type of effect or sound that you're looking for, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. I, I don't, um, I mean, I think like it depends on like the project. So like if you're, if you have a, you know, a whole album, so like uh, we could keep talking about data. Remember, we go back to that one. That one was so eclectic and so like full of shit. There's just different kinds of shit everywhere. So like <laughs> right. there wasn't there wasn't really there wasn't really like uh, because there wasn't any one. Sp- we crossed so many genres. There wasn't like one specific thing that worked the entire record most mm-hmm. of the time. So there was a lot of different experimentation. You know, I tend to like as I'm recording an album or like a you know a set of songs, figure out maybe what sort of all right, well, this amp sounds really good for this one kind of thing with this pedal. We know that this works with this guitar combo. So you just keep that in the back of your mind. And like, but as far as like effects go, you know, I'm pretty wide open with that stuff. Now I do have stuff that I think that like, if I have a particular reverb, like this thing called the ghost echo, which I'm sure you've heard of. It's like the, um, the ghost echo is like one of my, with through uh, earthquaker devices. It's like one of my favorite reverb pedals. So I use that a lot. So I have things that I like to use a lot, but I, we get pretty weird up in here. Like we, there's no rules, you know, somebody brings in an extra pedal. We're like, let's go, you know, and sometimes we'll just have, um, I call them Toys R Us days. And we just walk down to the the base exchange, the amp shop base exchange down here in North Hollywood. And, um, you know, we'll just like roll out a bunch of dough and just buy a shit ton of pedals and we have no idea what they do. And then we just, <laughs> we just come and play, play with it, you know, play with it. And then we just return the ones that's, that we don't like, you know? So, okay. but what we wind up keeping, you know, usually we wind up keeping, you know, 75% of the pedals that we get just because okay. it's like, so it's, it's cool to do stuff like that. I feel like, you know, for me, it's like inspiration. We keep getting inspiration. That's why I buy stuff. Like, I feel like it's just, oh man, this one little pedal might be good for this one part of one song. Right. And then it becomes like a thing that we remember and we talk about, you know? Yeah. See, I, 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 and I'm really glad that people like you exist. And I'm sure if there's any guitar players like me, they're glad too, because like, I'm a complete meathead. Like, I don't, I am like, does it chug? You know what I mean? Like, other than that, I'm like, I don't know. Like, does it say reverb on there? Push that button. Oh, there's some reverb. Cool. Like, I just don't know what I'm looking like. If you said, Hey, come up with like a really good, like spatial tone with, you know, reverb and delay. I wouldn't even know where to begin to tell you. I bought a reverb and like a Wampler pedal, like, a year ago, I used it one time, and it's still sitting on my little basin right there. I haven't touched it ever. Yeah, since hey, then. look, that's that happens too. There's stuff that I bought that that you know we've used only a handful of times. Um, you know that that's part of the the process. I think that like the biggest thing is, is like when you're creating stuff, you know, you don't like limitations that you like. Okay, let's just say you don't have money, 
You don't have a lot of money to spend on stuff. Mm -hmm. So buy the STL because you're going right. to get, you're going to get everything out of STL out of that. First of all, everything that you possibly could need. And the thing that I love about the STL stuff, by the way, is, and one thing that I didn't even know existed until I was messing with it a little bit more and something that I like to do a lot with delay tone specifically. And this goes for vocals too. Like, like put that amp shit on vocals, man. Just turn the gain down a little bit and, and you can use on the reverb pedal, which sounds to me like it, it, it sounds like a Strymon pedal to me, it's, which is great. It's like the cleanest delay there is, but, but you can put it, you can put the little switch that says pre or post amp. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge fucking deal breaker for me. Cause like, if you can't, if it's only post amp, like right. a lot of my delay tones go into the distortion. You know what I mean? Gotcha. You think about it, you're running an amp, right? You, you put the delay pedal before the amp usually. So unless it's right. in a, a effects loop, which most amps don't have, or a lot of amps don't have, you you're gonna have it into the distortion, right. and um, so there's that there's that feature on on their on the STL Tone Hub thing, which is is just fucking mind blowing to me, and that really opens it up. So if you don't have a lot of money, let's just say you have limitations, okay? You don't have a lot of money, um, don't let that like limit your creativity. Right. You know what I mean? Limitations are are it's like you know it's it's just an obstacle in a, in a course it's like mario kart you're driving through and you got there's a wall you just got to go around the wall it doesn't mean you got to right. stop you know right. people i think a lot of times they they think oh well i don't have money so i can't make these you know great tones or i can't do this and you know for me like i don't know it, there's limitations all the time and sometimes i intentionally put them on myself like like i'm like okay i'm not going to use any guitars in this song none whatsoever okay. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. let's do that and see where that gets us. Oh shit! This be and then what that does is it shakes it up for me. It's like, well, I usually reach for a guitar for this kind of energy, so we're not doing that today. So how can I get the same energy with something else? And that's again where this STL Tone Hub thing can really come into play. You know, you can put that shit on a synth or a, a vocal chop or some shit like that, and it'll mm -hmm. do the same thing that a guitar is doing. It's in the same frequency space. It's just not an actual guitar. You know, right, right. I, I mean, I think that's really cool, especially from a creativity standpoint, uh, you know, especially even for people who aren't going to do that full, you know, the full gambit and run it on vocals and stuff like that. But uh, if you click on one of your presets, it's going to have, you know, a completely set thing for you that you never would have thought of going in and manipulating if you hadn't done it for us. You know what I right. mean? So I think it's really cool that we get to click on something and just have a completely different take on what a guitar tone could sound like for something. So I think that's yeah. really cool and insanely useful by STL tones. I think they're killing it with that. And just the yeah. diversity of artists. I did. I did uh, an interview with Zach Servini too, not not too long ago, uh, a little while back, and it's the same thing. You know, it's everybody kind of looks at it as one thing, and then guys like you guys come along, kind of really change the game of what you can use these packs for and what you can apply these, um, you know, these these plugins to. As far as just being for a guitar, people think it's just oh, I get some guitar tone, I play, and then I just walk away. It's like well, when you have producers like you guys coming in and putting stuff in there, they're like oh wait, like I I've heard the music that he's producing. I've heard the stuff that he's coming out with and that's so, and he, if he's making a preset pack, what can I do with this preset pack? Obviously the limitations are endless really. You know what I mean? I, I think the thing that's, that's cool about preset packs is that cause I've heard producers be like, Oh, I don't use presets. And I'm just like, well then you probably waste a tremendous amount of time or, <laughs> or, or you don't put out a lot of music cause you're too busy tweaking knobs and stuff. And you right. know, to, no, no, no shade on any of those guys. It's like, I, I respect people who like have to do everything from scratch but to me 
it does not matter to me if it's a preset or not. I don't give a, I don't give a damn. It doesn't matter. Like Zach Savini's got a preset in his thing. It's, I think it's called never anywhere or something like that. I think it's like a nothing nowhere preset, but it's just a clean amp with a, with like a quarter note triplet delay on it. Um, that's it. There's nothing else to it. But that thing, for some reason, just works for me a lot of times. And so I'll just pull that up if I need like a clean, like U2 sort of guitar tone. And I don't want to have to set the delay because, you know, when you're creating stuff, especially if there's an artist in the room, time is a huge. I mean, this is a, it's a real thing. Like time is a, as a, you know, is serious. That's a that's one of the limitations that you really do have to work with. And artists are typically very impatient um, just right. by nature. And um so, you know, you, you've got to keep momentum going or else you lose their attention and, and therefore lose the creativity, which means that you could lose the song at the end of the day. So you got to keep going. And that's what I think is really special about it, STL Tones is you can just like, you know, all right, I've got a synth part or I got a guitar part that I, man, I really need this. I have this cool idea. So like whatever gets me to that idea faster is by far more important than like, you know whether or not i created it myself and had time to plug in stuff and do all that so it's really like changed my songwriting game as far as just being able to like oh i have this idea boom and then it's done and as long as it takes me to play the song that's mm -hmm. how long it takes for the idea to get onto cubase you know what i mean nice so it's great nice man what a time to be alive as a guitar player um this it's endless and people like you guys are just coming in and just killing the game for us and giving us just opening our eyes to so much more um dude i'm gonna let you go and uh enjoy the rest of your day uh, it's a really nice day out here in socal finally so it is, I know. i'm sure i'm sure you're looking forward to getting outside there thank you so much for taking the time and joining us man this is course, awesome man. really looking Thanks forward for those tones to come out for all of you guys watching or listening uh those tones will be out soon so keep an eye out for that i sounds like it's going to be really creative really amazing so that's something that's going to be really useful for everyone so thank you guys for joining us thank you so much for joining me sir and i will see all of you guys on the next one